If God says it's right, man will say it's wrong or propose something even worse, mixing the truth with a lie. The natural tendency of man to reject the truth is simply a matter of kinship. In the beginning, in the Garden of Eden, our great-grandmother chose to believe Satan, the father of lies, versus the truth of God's word. Her husband, Adam, followed her lead. Ever since that day, it's been like mother, like daughter, and like father, like son. It's easier for man to believe a lie versus the truth. It's a matter of kinship. The ultimate genetic linkage of carnal fallen man lies at the door of his illegitimate father, Satan. Jesus Christ speaks of those who reject the truth of the gospel in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Truth is an exclusively unique reality. Truth has zero tolerance for incorrect positions and knows no opinion. Opinion is what you have when you don't have truth. It's common jargon today to say, I may not agree with you, but I honor your opinion. It comes as a surprise to many when they discover that God does not honor man's opinion. Truth knows no opinion, and truth is God's word. Jesus Christ defines truth in John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Unregenerated man, of course, rejects the reality that God's word is truth and consistently makes a fool of himself. Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. And again in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Example of the reality of the above verses is man's hypothesis of how we got here. Pseudoscience says there is no God. One of their widely believed claims is that in the beginning there was nothing. This nothing then exploded, and from this explosion, all life had its beginning. These absurdities are spoken as truth, and all the students to whom this is taught say, no kidding, is that how it is? So the intellectual community refuses truth, becomes foolish, and offers up foolishness on the plate of pretend wisdom to their constituency, and in concert, everybody says, no kidding. Remember the meteorite from Mars with so-called tiny fossils? This was promoted by the media as proof of evolution, and everybody said, no kidding. Within months of the huge media fanfare, science disproved this notion, but did you see or read the, uh, the retraction? Excuse me. Of course not. Evolutionists were forced to come up with a plausible theory on how seagoing mammals such as whales, dolphins, and porpoises evolved. Remember, mammals supposedly evolved from the sea, so how did these mammals end up back in the water? Some evolutionists suggest that an even-toed land mammal like the water buffalo is the likely candidate to have evolved into the present-day whale. They speculate that the water buffalo liked to hang around the water a lot, and over eons of time his hind legs simply fell off and his front legs changed into flippers. And the science student said, no kidding. The water buffalo's hairy hide simply changed into smooth, thick blubber, and his nostrils slid up to the top of his head to form a blowhole. 
Then his tail evolved into flukes, and because he was floating around in the water all the time, his body became enormous. And the student said, Isn't that interesting? Sound absurd? Do you think I'm exaggerating? The following excerpt is from volume 50 of National Geographic, written by V.B. Sheffer. I'm quoting, The whale's ascendancy to sovereign size apparently began 60 million years ago when hairy, four-legged mammals in search of food or sanctuary ventured into water. As eons passed, change slowly occurred. Hind legs disappeared. Front legs changed into flippers. Hair gave way to a thick, smooth blanket of blubber. Nostrils moved to the top of the head. The tail broadened into flukes. And in the buoyant water world, the body became enormous. End of quote. Have you ever considered the wonders of the tiny hummingbird? It flaps its wings up to 200 times per second, hovering in midair at will as it thrusts its long beak into flowers in search of nectar, as it busily helps pollinate the flower field. Not only can this marvel of aviation hover, fly backwards and forwards, but it can also fly upside down. Well, here's big news, according to evolutionists. The hummingbird was once a dinosaur. In an Associated Press Service release dated May 21, 1997, Fernando Novus of the Museum of Natural History in Buenos Aires had this to say of 20 recently discovered fossil bones. Here's his quote. It is the most bird-like dinosaur ever discovered. He said it gives powerful new evidence that birds evolved millions of years ago from dinosaurs. Novus went on to clarify and say birds are living dinosaurs. He also said parrots and hummingbirds are also dinosaurs. Lawrence M. Whitmer of Ohio University said, It is important new science saying that birds can properly be viewed as dinosaurs. And all of the students said, No kidding. Evolutionary paleontologists were eating crow, or should I say dinosaur, because of the debacle concerning the newfound fossil that was supposed to be the missing link connecting dinosaurs to birds. It was the bird-like fossil with a meat-eater's tail that came out of northeastern China, touted worldwide as the missing link proving evolution. The November 1999 issue of National Geographic trumpeted the discovery. Unfortunately for the wizened world of paleontology, it turned out to be a fraudulent doctored-up chicken. Finally, consider this idea. Evolutionary biologist Robert May was quoted in the January 2001 issue of Discover magazine. Here's his words. The more we learn about genome, the more it teaches us about our place in the web of life. For example, we share half our genes with the banana. Actually, it would be more accurate to say bananas share their genes with us because their genome is smaller. This is a fact more evident in some of my acquaintances than others. The article's author said, This year, the mapping of the genome shocked us, revealing a truth even more humbling and amusing. We are not just monkeys, but their favorite snack as well. The title of the article is, Your Cousin, the Banana. And the class of students said in concert, No kidding! God said men who reject his word become fools and vain in their imaginations and that their foolish heart is darkened. Man said there is no God and our cousin is the banana. Now you know the record.